we're talking about, we, did a, we started a series on uh, will you walk in the blessings? Will you walk in the blessings? See, it's up to you. Are you going to walk in the blessing or not? And we put a subtitle on this message, um, Being a Doer of the Word. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've, I've had people, they just, they, when you talk about this, they turn their nose up like, I don't know, it's like eating Brussels sprouts or something. They don't, they think it's terrible. Ugh. And for those of you that like Brussels sprouts, Whatever. Something that something you don't like. You know, it's like taking... My mother used to give me a, a dose of castor oil before I would leave sometimes for school. You know, and she'd grab my nose and... Oh, that was the most horrible stuff. Anyway, but some people... When, you, when they hear about doing the word, they think, Ugh. it's just, oh, I just don't want to, don't, I don't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. But when you start digging in the word and you're seeing all of the benefits that go with it, yeah. there's just, you think, why in the world have I not done this until now? Yes. So I, 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 uh, I want you to think for a moment about the title of this message, Will You, be a, will you Walk in the Blessings? Have you ever asked yourself, why is it such a big deal to do the Word? Why is it such a big deal? You know, what's the, what's the point? I mean, after all, look at the sinners. They're not doing the Word. You know, one time uh, I, I was talking to somebody and they, they, were, they were seeing people come out of the school you know, we went to pick up one of the children. And they were seeing this one and that one, and the parents come to... Oh, they look like such a wonderful family. And uh, I said, you know, you're, you're kidding yourself. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You know, when, when nobody's around, you don't know what... And, and uh, Joanna got in the car and got in on the conversation. She says, you don't, you don't know what they, they talk about the family. So, you know, we can all put on, a, put on our nice clothes and put on a nice smile and everything. And, but what goes on behind the scenes? Yes, amen. We need to be doers of the word uh, outside and well as inside. Yes. When people are watching and when they're not. I want you to, to, to see the importance of... Uh, importance that God puts on, on the Word. You know, this, the Word is what God backs. Yeah. When, when we need something and we're doing His Word, we can come before Him and, and say, Father, I've been doing this. This is what you told me to do in the Word, and I'm, I've been faithful. Now I'm looking to you Amen. to back your Word. And if, and if you can see it in the Word, then you can bank on it, and God will honor it. I'm going to give you uh, one verse, but I'm going to give it to you in several different translations. And I know people say, oh, all that again? I'm giving it to you from different translations because of this. One will say it a certain way, and it'll strike one person. Another one will say it a little different, but it's still saying the same truth. You know, it, these are things that you can get in you, take home with you, and when, when, when things begin to come up, you go, oh, that was one the pastor gave. You know? You understand what I'm saying? This is the literal translation of Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So you should have it in your mouth all the time. And you shall meditate on it by day 
and by night. Now here, watch this. So that you, may, you shall be on guard to do according to all that is written in it. For then you, will, then you shall prosper your way, and then you shall act wisely. This is the Amplified. The book, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, when a problem comes up, don't let go of the word and speak the problem instead of the word. When circumstances look contrary to what the word says, exalt the word. Stay with it. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then, mm -hmm. you shall make your way prosperous. Uh -huh. And then you shall deal wisely and have good success. This is the Bible in better English, or in basic English, excuse me. Let not the, this book of the law be, uh, let this book of the law ev be ever on your lips and in your thoughts. Mm -hmm. In your thoughts. Day and night, so that you may, you may keep with care everything in it. Then a blessing will be on all your way. And you will do well. Amen. Benefits of the word. This is the Fenton translation. You must not remove this book of the law from before you, but think about it day and night. For you must carefully practice all written in it. Practice. Practice all written in it. For then your career will prosper. So reflect upon it. This is the Moffat translation. This, this law book shall never... Shall you, this law book you shall never cease to have on your lips. Here's the Knox translation. Uh, the law thou hast written must govern every utterance of thine. Yes. Every utterance. Yes. The law thou hast in writing must govern every utterance of thine. Mm -hmm. Go with me to, to Psalms. Psalms chapter 1, we're, we're, I'm, I'm wanting you to see some, see some of these scriptures that, that uh, harp on the, the importance of the Word and how it will help you. Psalms chapter 1. Bless, this is the NIV translation. Bless is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Now listen to me. It's easy to sit and listen to other, other people that are mockers, that are critical, fault finders. You need to get your fanny up and get out of His presence. Because you don't want him influencing you. Yeah. Amen. Let me read that again. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree 
planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, whatever they do prospers. Now let me, let me back up here. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Bob Yandian was our pastor when we were going to school in Tulsa. <clears throat> and he was, he was going through Psalms and he was teaching Psalms. And he says, this gives a picture of a, a stream that is planted by a, by a delta. A delta has water coming from different sources, but it all comes out one place, one, one river, one stream. You know, uh, this part can dry up and this part can dry up, but still there's water coming down through this. And so this tree is constantly watered. Constantly flourishing. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields, yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Let me stop here. Uh, make a note here, the word leaf. Go home and look this up in, in a concordance, and you'll find that the word leaf is also translated prosperity. Who, which yields its fruit in its season and whose prosperity does not wither. Wither. You ever seen, a, like right now you're seeing tree uh, uh, leaves withering. They're drying up. They're becoming just... Whatever they do prospers. Now, that's the, that's the, the, the believer... This is the sinner. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. The Lord watches over the way of the, of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The Lord watches over the way of the of the righteous. But not the way of, of the wicked. Why does God want, want us to meditate? Let's, let's change that word. Some people, you know, they, they get things in their head, you know. I remember when I, I came home from Thailand... I was walking through the airport in, uh, in DFW and I was met by this <clears throat> individual with a ponytail down to here. His head was all shaved except for that much hair and he had a ponytail down to his butt. And this uh, gentleman was dressed in orange chiffon. Chiffon? Is that what you call it? And uh, he was trying to hawk his books on me, and I thought, get away from me. <laughs> you know, and, and these are the guys that sit with their finger in their navel, and they go, hum, hum, you know, and that's, sometimes people get that kind of a, a, an idea about meditation. Um, why does God want us to meditate in his word? What, what does God want us to do? Why does he want us to be doers of the word? Well, he wants us to be doers for, for, for there's several reasons, and I'm just going to hit on a couple, three of them, to, to meditate in the word, to think in the word day and night, keeps, uh, it keeps our attention, or let me, let me back up here, to meditate in the word day and night keeps the word before our attention so that we are doers. It keeps the word before us so that when the sinners come around and try to pull us away into their path, the word stays right before our eyes and, and reminds us, don't, get, don't go off with them, don't, don't get hooked up with them. 
Look with me at Psalms, Psalms 19. Psalms 19, verses 8. The statutes of the Lord are right and rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than... Now this is a king. When they started building the uh, Solomon's temple, David himself, by himself, they figured it up. And when they started, you know, people started giving towards the temple's construction, David, out of his own treasury, his personal bank account, gave over a billion dollars for the construction of the temple. I think somebody said it was over over a billion and a half. His own pocket. And he got his his valiant men together. The ones that were were his his soldiers that were on, you know, that that he got together. From their their hall, they all of them put their money together and they it was over a billion dollars. And notice here what he says. Moreover by them, thy, uh, no, let's back up. More, more to be desired are they, the word, than gold. Yes. Now, if somebody had any idea about gold, I'm sure he had a, a pretty good notion. Yeah. And he's saying the word is, the word is more valuable than that. Yes. Yea, than much fine gold. Gold that has been refined down, gotten all the impurities, or most of the impurities out. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them thy servant is warned. And in keeping them there is great reward. He wants us to be doers because there... There is a divine blessing on His Word and it will lead you into success. Being a doer of the Word keeps a shield of protection around us and over us. You know, the junk that's going on today, you should jump up and down and grab this one and say, I am going to... Oh, yes, that's for me. Being a doer of the word is health to our bodies. Go with me to James chapter 1. James, first chapter. You know, here lately I've had, had some people that have come up and shared with me about being a doer of the word and how that it, it, it had uh, it had helped them and uh, you know they what they were talking about I thought you know it's we it's there's not just one way to do do this there they were creative in their thinking of how to do the word and put it into practice and I thought I would have never thought of that one Anyway, James chapter 1, starting in verse 22. It says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his face in a mirror, or excuse me, in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. You know, if you're, if you're like me, I go in and shave in the morning and, and you know, it's just a, it's a mechanical thing you've got to do every day, you know. And 
your mind is on something else. Who, was, who said that? Was that you? Always? Always on, you know, on something you're going to have to do today. And you can, you can get in the shower, you get dressed, you go out, and you, you think... Some of the things you think you did, you, you think you did, you didn't do, but you were mentally someplace else. Okay. What verse are we on? Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his, his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goes his way and straightway immediately forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed Let me ask you this. Where's the blessing going to come from? Who's it coming from? You know, God's not, a, God's not an El Cheapo. I know some people think He is, but He is lavish in His giving. Drop on down to chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse 11. Speak not evil of one another, brethren. James is talking to the church here in this particular place. There's another place over in Titus. He's talking to, to the believers, but he's, he's addressing it from the perspective of believer in, in, in relation to sinners, in contact with them. But here, James is talking about believer dealing with, with other, another believer. He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his, judges his brother speaks evil of the law and the law and, and judges the law. But if, if you judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges another? In other words, keep your mouth shut. Well, that went over real big. Thank you. Amen. Glory. I'm glad you really like that. If you can control your mouth, you can control the things that happen in your life. You know, I could go on with more, but I want, I want us to look at something else here. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. You know, in, uh, I don't remember if it's 1st or 2nd, I think it's 2nd Corinthians. It told, tells us to pay attention to the example of the children of Israel that came out of bondage. From the time they got out of bondage till the time they come up to the uh, promised land. He said, watch, watch their example and learn from it. Okay? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15. I guess it would be nice if I got there. While it is said, today... If you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. What does he mean, harden your heart? Become resistant. Become a person that says, I'm not going to do that. He says, don't, don't do that. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by, by Moses, but... But uh, with whom was he grieved 40 years? 
Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into, into his rest, but to them that believed not? Now, you've got to be kidding. You, you, you know, we, we stop and think about that and we go, what in the world were they thinking? The, the supernatural that God pulled off to get them out of Egypt was, it was unheard of and is still unheard of to this day. All of the things that he did. Just to get, just to get him out from under, the, under the, the rule of Pharaoh. Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So these, these people that, that he's dealing with, they couldn't come into the promised land because of their unbelief. Now think about it. All the, all the miracles that, that God did to get them out of Egypt, he takes them out of Egypt and there, there's, there's a pillar of fire behind them to keep the Egyptian army from passing over and getting to them. He parted the Red Sea and they passed over from, from their side going through the Red Sea on dry land. The walls of water that came up on both sides. They, I've heard, heard different things, but the one word keeps coming up, congealed, like jello. Can you imagine the children walking along saying, Mommy, look at the fish. <laughs> the ground, this is silt. And it's dry. It's powdery. And they walked across. I imagine they kind of trotted across because the Egyptians are coming. So they get on the other side and God, God says to Moses, Drop it. Drop the rod on them and let the water come in. The water all of a sudden is no longer congealed. And I, there was a, uh, a biblical archaeology magazine that would come out once a month. They found the place where all of these uh, chariots, they found a lot of these chariots. Yeah. And as they start coming across... Read it out of, the, out of the Living Bible. It's hilarious. The, uh, the, the angels reached out and grabbed the, the chariot wheels and pulled them off. And it says the, the uh, chariots, how did it say it? They, they moved, they, they were going di with difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. The, the horses are pulling, but there's no wheels. Yeah. So they are having a difficult time. And then the water comes crashing in and the, the, the greatest uh, military might in the world at the time drowned. Then we go and, and the, the, they, God fed them 40 years. The water, fresh water, 40 years. Heating in air. Their, their clothes never wore out. They believed not. Notice in verse 19, it, they could not enter because of unbelief. Verse 18, believed not. not to, that, that's defined as not to allow oneself to be persuaded. They would not allow themselves to be persuaded. It means to refuse belief or obedience. In verse 19, the word unbelief is defined as faithlessness. In other words, negatively, negatively speaking, disbelief. They wouldn't believe. After all that, and they still refused 
to not believe. Let's go on down to Hebrews 4, starting in the first verse. Let us, therefore... Now, Paul, Paul has used this as an illustration, and he comes back to us. Let us, therefore, fear lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest, entering into His blessings, entering into His provisions... Let us therefore fear, not fear shaking, but fear respect, mm -hmm. lest a promise being left us of entering in into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Now let's back up here. Gospel. For unto us was the good news preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They heard it. They heard about the provision. They heard all that God had, had in store for them. But they never mixed faith with what, what uh, he was saying. You know, you put your finger on your nose. Now bring it down just a little bit. That's the mixer. No, no, no. Down. That's the mixer, not the nose. <laughs> they never mixed. There's only two people that got to go in, Joshua and Caleb. And you kept hearing them talking faith. For we which have believed do, do enter into rest. As he said... As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall not enter, enter into, into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Come down to verse, verse 6. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Let's see. Which one's which here? This is the King James. And it says, they didn't enter in because of unbelief. The New King James says this. Uh, did not enter because of disobedience. Let that sink in. They had a choice. And they flat refused. So we see that these people had an attitude. They, they weren't going to cooperate. Think about that. They weren't, going to, they weren't going to cooperate with God. If we set our will against God's will, I, I've seen it whenever I've done this, it never ends up very good for me. Yeah. Let me give you an example. When I was stationed in Spain, the Lord was talking, about, well, talking to me about going into the ministry. And I wanted to stay in Spain. I had already set it up. I went, had, a, had a job lined up for me. That uh, The job went into... into uh, let me just say it this way. I could start the job the day I got my discharge. Uh -huh. I, was work, I had a job lined up for, to work for uh, base supply. Uh -huh. yep. I had that all lined up and ready to go. And um, at the time in Spain, if you, had a, if you bought a foreign car and you, you kept it, then you had to pay 100% import tax. So in other words, you paid for the car and then you paid, paid that same amount again in taxes. So Franco had it set up where we keep the Spanish cars going in, in this country. And you know, people that had Mercedes and big things like that, they had the money to, 
pay for it again. So instead of keeping my car, it, it, was, a, it was a Volkswagen, new Volkswagen Bug, really nice car. I was, gonna, I was going to trade cars with a guy in our church. He had a, uh, uh, an, uh, an Austin Mini. You know, you've seen the little mini cars? That's what I, that's what I had. A, a Mini Cooper. That's it right there. Now, here's the kicker. Uh, when I started talking to this guy about cars, I had something on the inside. Uh, I had something on the inside that did not feel comfortable. And I wanted, to, I wanted to be able to say, you know, I'm so new in this, I don't, know what, I don't know what it is. I don't know what that thing inside is. And so, you know, but, but the, uh, the longer that I thought about that little red mini, I knew what that thing was. It was a, it was a witness not to make this trade. But I overrode it. Now listen, listen to me, I want... I don't want this to happen to you, okay? I overrode it because I wanted that little red car. And I thought I was going to stay there in Spain. You know, we, we were already, already talking marriage. She had a, a year left of school. And um, I'm trying to figure out a way to stay. I, I like the country so much, I just, I just wanted to stay. And um, so anyway, I overrode that witness on the inside, even though I didn't have the proper words to say, this is this and this and this. But yet, the more I thought about it, the more I prayed, I knew what that thing was. It was a witness. Don't do it. And because I overrode that and made the trade, I suffered for the next three years. I drove a dog for... No, if I had, I left it there, I sold it to somebody. Mike Jenkins had the power of attorney and he sold it for me. But when I got home, I had a dog for a car. <laughs> so now when we go, to, go looking for a car, if I get even a little, little twitch, don't do this. I pay attention now. Go with me to, to Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And, so he is continuing with the same thought, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Do not be conformed. If you do a word study, the word conformed is, is like you take a piece of clay and you mash it into a mold. You know, you have to keep, you have to mash, push it down, push it in to fill up that mold. And that's what he's saying. He says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't, don't let the world conform you to its mold, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or experience, test what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants us to continue, continually be pliable in His hands. You listening? Be pliable. That, that God can mold you into something that gives Him glory. 
that he can use. Amen. I came home, the, came home for lunch. Uh, it's been over a week, a week ago now. And uh, I came in the house and Lydia repeated something to me that she had said to someone. And it wasn't the first time I had heard her say this. She had been walking around the house talking about it already. And uh, she said, this is, this is what she told, told somebody. We don't get in life what we want. We get what we have sown. We don't get in life what we want. We get what we sow. Now, I hope you realize how profound and far-reaching this statement is. You need to write this down. So you have in life what you have sown, good or bad. That's what you're going to. That's what you're going to get. People sow bad things, and when the, when the reaping starts, okay. The harvest, the the seed has been planted. And now it's, it's come up, and now it's harvest time. And when reaping starts, people will blame everybody else, and they never want to take responsibility for their actions. Regardless of what they, whether they want or don't want, God keeps very good records and you'll get what you have sown. <coughs> you know, when I go out and, and uh, plant something in the springtime, late, late uh, early, early spring, I have a choice. I can, I can plant tomatoes. I can plant cabbage. I can plant potatoes. I can plant anything. It's up to me. Nobody's holding a gun to my head saying, no, you're going to plant Brussels sprouts. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I have a choice. And it's the same, same with uh, we can choose what we say, how we act. Let me I'll give you one, one verse and then we're going to stop here. I got more than what I've, I thought I was going to be able to finish this, but I can see it's not going to happen. John 13. John chapter 13. Verse 34, Jesus, Jesus is talking to the disciples. He says, a new commandment. Now, these guys are, are used to the word commandment. I've heard different things. Some people have said there are, the Jews have 6,000. Other people have said 9,000 commandments that they have to keep. I don't know. That's not one of those things that I want to go and try to count. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. By this, not because you lay hands on the sick and they get healed, not because you cast out devils, not because you raise the dead, but by this, this one thing. I want to close with this. I want to, I want to share a word that I heard uh, a very wise woman say. 
Her name was Doña Paquita Esquire Mayoral. Mayoral. They've got a name like Doña Paquita Mayoral Esquire. Thank you. I'm going to quote your mother. This is my mother-in-law. Love is more than hugs and kisses. And this is, this is the example that Jesus gave us in his ministry. Let me see. In James, in uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in their trespasses, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is something my, my wife tells me that she heard over and over. Love is more than hugs and kisses. It's our actions. You know, there are so many people today that uh, get into sin. They make a mistake. And Christians are so self-righteous, they won't help restore those people. They would rather turn them out than to show mercy. That's not the example that the Lord gave us. He said, you who are spiritual, maybe that's the problem. We don't have very many spiritual people. Boy, it's getting quiet in here. We don't have spiritual people or we have lazy people that don't want to take the time to, to help them. I don't know. But this is something that we need to consider in, re, in regards to being a doer of the Word. Let's all stand. I want to. I want to uh, share this. <clears throat> now, when I was standing up here this morning, I I got something. I think I'm just. I'm going to throw it out here. If you if it says something to you, then okay. If not, well then. I got something, something about a pin size hole. I saw, I saw a, a needle, you know, the size of a hole that a needle would make. Now, if that says anything to you, Come on up and we'll pray for you. No? Okay. And I missed it. You know, we when we uh, we were down on Second Street and one evening Lydia was leading the worship and I'm standing up at the front praying in the spirit and I got I got this someone has a has a, a, a growth and boy I'm telling you that scared me because this was new back then and uh, and I had heard somebody say you know the Lord will give them something and they weren't sure about it so they just kept praying in the spirit and it would start getting clearer. 
And uh, so I did that. And I told Lydia, I said, keep it going. <laughs> she was playing a guitar. And so I'm standing there praying in the spirit and I, and I realized it was someone that had a, had a, a growth on a breast, which made it even worse. And so I kept, I kept praying and, you know, and I, I finally I had to do something. So I, I said, there's someone here that you have a, a, a growth. And people made a, made a mad dash not to come to the front. And I kept, I kept encouraging people, you know, if this is you, come on up here. We'll, we'll pray for you, and the Lord will heal you. And uh, so finally, you know, the end of the service, I have to close the service. I get home, and uh, I get this phone call from this teenage girl. She had just found a... a I don't know if you call it a tumor or a growth in her breast. And uh, she said she, she, uh, she was scared to come up, so she, she didn't. And I thought, well, the anointing was there then for this. So anyway, I don't, I don't remember if I prayed for her over the phone or the next time she came to church, but the Lord healed her. You know, a pin, a pin prick. Uh, in the eye, in a heart, you know, there's different things that the, a pin prick can do. Become infected, you know, just different things. So I don't know. If you're one of those that are just embarrassed to come up and say, no, I'm, I'm, he's not talking to me. Okay. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that we have people that are hungry to do the word, to be doers of your word, so that they might walk in the blessings. And we thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, that is our teacher and our guide. And we just thank you, Father, for helping us to do not just the selective things that we like, but to do your word. And we thank you, Father, right now for helping us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, turn and greet somebody around you.